Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. To make matters worse, you get really rewarded for it by society. And then you will secondarily feel like, well, what's my problem? Why am I so miserable? Because, you know, I'm the top of my class, whatever that means, wherever that is. And then there's no understanding. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from Clear and Open. Our society places a lot of weight on intelligence. Have you noticed? We're led to believe that getting good grades, going to college, getting more good grades, and gaining certified knowledge will lead to happiness. But the reality is often the opposite. The more intelligent you are, the better the mind gets at repressing feelings. The difficult ones, sure, but the good ones go with them. The first step to overcoming this mental block is to realize that it exists. We cannot conceptualize ourselves into being happy, however nice that would be. This episode was originally recorded as part of the Claiming Self-Authority course, available at clearandopen.com. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Welcome to session eight of, what is the name of this course? Clearing, uh, clearing Self-Authority. That's interesting. That would be a Zen. That would be a Zen course, Clearing Self-Authority, losing all self and any related authority and surrendering that authority. No, this is different. This is Claiming Self-Authority. And you guys had some interesting homework that I thought we'd talk about to begin with. You know, I, that just that assignment just kind of trickled out of me. And after it was after it came out, it was like, really? 17 questions? That's kind of a lot or whatever it ended up being. And I looked to see if I could make it any shorter. And because, you know, I was, I thought I was just brainstorming and I was, but then it was done. And I was like, okay, well, certainly I could get this down to 10 or 12 or 15, but I couldn't, I couldn't eliminate a single one. I saw that it was just a very clear progression that sort of guided you through a very specific process. So that's how it came out. And from what I can tell, some of you did some really good stuff with it. I imagine it was very easy to not do this assignment, maybe easier than some of the others, (laughs) because the questions were relentless, weren't they? I really, they just came out. I didn't didn't do it. So don't blame me. (laughs) I was just the messenger. Some themes came up that I may, may want to talk about there, but uh, any questions or digestions from that that anyone wants to share, I think there'll be some good discussion from it. And then I want to talk about the virtues in a kind of, kind of meta way about being first, doing second, and having third. That's where we're going to go to. But first, I want to hear from you. Anything? Questions, trials, tribulations, frustrations? 
really any go ahead i think you're going to be ecstatic with what i'm about to say to you i came to two simultaneous sort of realizations the first was philosophical and it's that the conceptualizable map is not the experienced territory of reality and so i've given up on trying to conceptualize everything because i've recognized that there are things outside of that so in a way you win and in a way that's a bad way of thinking about it <laughs> of course you is a concept me yes is true a concept. Yeah, so yeah. I, because that doesn't exist i can't win really <laughs> That's but right. I'm very pleased, whatever I am. Yeah. And the second was personal, and I think I shared this with you in, our, in the Google Doc, but it's that I recognize that I've been using a series of different mechanisms to suppress emotion. And so I've been spending my time this week trying to tap into that. And I found that I'm much more angry than I thought I was. Yeah. Really great. But yeah. Those are the two things I wanted to share. Thanks, Zach. And let me speak about the conceptualization thing, because this is rampant in our society. Because intelligence in our society is put above awareness or consciousness. I mean, most people wouldn't even put awareness or consciousness on the list of like good qualities. They wouldn't even really put that there. So intelligence is like, that's the ultimate. You know, you go to the, you, if you're really smart, that means you get good grades, you're at the top of your class and we call that intelligent. It actually has very little to do with intelligence in some ways. And then you're able to spend a quarter million dollars plus in money to go to the very fancy college. And then you become even more intelligent. And then maybe, you know, you become a doctor or a lawyer, or, you know, some advanced degree. And then you've gained so much information that surely you're, you know, the top 1% of intelligence. And then, of course, you must be happy then because you've fulfilled the values and ideals that uh, we all look up to. But the truth is, is that highly intelligent people tend to be the most miserable. That's the truth. Now, why that is, we could spend a long time talking, but where what I want to go to is all of us, whether you're highly intelligent like Zach or not, all of us use the mind as a protection mechanism. It's really the first sort of contextual defense because when you're in your mind and as your mind, when you conceptualize yourself as your mind, you don't have to feel nearly as much what you're feeling. So the mind is a kind of retreat for one's soul in a way. You can kind of sque squeeze your soul into your mind and just rationalize and justify and you think about things and conceptualize and you can escape from those difficult, pesky feelings that are like intrinsic to being a human. So the problem is the more intelligent you are, which is really useful in lots of ways, but the more intelligent you are, the more your mind functions as a protector. And to make matters worse, you get really rewarded for it by society. And then you will secondarily feel like, well, what's my problem? Why am I so miserable? Because, you know, I'm the top of my class, whatever that means, wherever that is. And then you, there's, there's no understanding. It's sort of like the same problem as having a, a, a huge amount of money. Nobody has any sympathy for you because you're at the top. 
but they don't know. I heard Jim Carrey once said something like, I wish everyone could be rich and famous so that they could realize that it doesn't solve your problems at all. Because that's the, the challenge with that is, you know, with money or with intelligence or whatever, any of these sort of false gods is in le- very often you have to experience it for yourself. And you, uh, like in the book, Rich, Richest Stan, they demonstrated that it's a huge percentage of people. They interviewed thousands of people and all of them said in order to be happy, they needed to have twice what their net worth was. So if their net worth was 20 grand, they wanted 40. If their net worth was 2 billion, they wanted 4 billion and so on. And I've actually worked with a number of clients. I had this one client in particular when I started working with them. He had a uh, maintenance company where, you know, it's like doing apartment changeovers, painting and changing out toilets and whatnot. And he was probably bringing home maybe 80, 90 grand a year. And he ended up selling the business, not for a whole lot, and got into commercial real estate. And I worked with him on and off over a number of years. And uh, he got to a place where the last time I talked to him, his net worth was around five or six million and a million bucks in cash. He was still just as miserable as before. <laughs> and he, he wanted more. And I was trying to help him see that he was on a gerbil wheel. And uh, this will connect to what we talk about later with the be, do, have. And I tried and tried and tried and he just couldn't get it. And I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a vision for what your retirement looks like. And he did that. And I said, now I want you to create a spreadsheet that shows how much money you need in order to have that retirement. And I secretly knew what would happen. I wasn't sure, but I was, I was pretty, I was suspected. He demonstrated in a spreadsheet that he already had enough money to have what he wanted. And then here I am innocently thinking, there, now you'll stop working so hard, spend more time with your family, do all those things. He didn't. He fired me a couple months later. (laughs) Yep. That was when I still thought I could trick people into becoming mature. And uh, I've since given up on that, I think. But who knows? Maybe you got it later. You never know. So anyway, that was a little bit of a digression from conceptualization. And of course, everyone has to dance their dance all the way out. So the challenge for any highly intelligent person like Zach is going to be, and whatever your gift is, it's going to be the same thing because the ego takes your biggest gift and says, this, this is the way. This is how we're going to make ourselves happy. Let's dance this dance. And in almost all cases, it's wrong. And that's not a bad thing. That's your ego running itself into the ground, which is exactly what needs to happen. It's productive failure, which is another thing we're not taught about. So the meta necessary here, let's use Zach as an example because he volunteered. So Zach is now meta. There's distance between he and his protection mechanisms that previously were operating with the assumption that understanding and conceptualize everything is the way to fulfillment. He was operating inside that. I helped kind of cram a crowbar in there a number of times. And he sort of arrived at a deeper realization of it on his own. It's still going to be trying to do that. It's not done, but there's significant space there. So I would predict that Easily over the next five or 10 years, Zach is going to continue to notice this and work this. And, but now he's conscious that he's doing that, you see. 
as opposed to just becoming it. It's like, like face in the soup rather than drinking the soup. You can't drink the soup when your face is in it. Now his face is out of the soup and he could go, oh, there's a part of me that tries to conceptualize everything. And he doesn't have to wait because it would be really bad if he met like his soulmate of the ages and was still trying to do that because love is one of the best teachers for the failure of conceptualization. So is passion path because your, your soul level work doesn't respond to conceptualization either. So good work, Zach. And yeah, congratulations. No, the last thing I want to say is when you no longer are identified with the mind, which again, for highly intelligent people is the most difficult, but everybody does this. The fear is that you'll become less intelligent. That's the mind talking. What's actually true is you become far more intelligent. The same way the hammer is far more useful when it's not glued to your hand. You can put it down. So, yeah, that's sort of, it was an epilogue to the, uh, what's it called? Meditation for Awakening course. We talked a lot about that in there. But, you know, like I say, I only talk about one thing, reality, so they all bleed together. Thank you, Zach. Someone else? Anyone else? Joseph, the, the, the values. I found one question where you said, um, uh, which one do you embody least and how does that come out? I found myself going back to the very first one on the list, which is right action. And mm-hmm. the, the, the first, first couple of lines, it basic, you, you basically say to clarify aspirations. And I found myself stuck because I had only ever experienced dealing with that from a power and empowerment paradigm, from the paradigm of Tony Robbins and, yeah. and so on and so forth, which now I know is limited. But the scary thing is that that was all I had. So all, all of a sudden I'm standing on, I'm standing on something and I know, I know it's missing lots of parts and I got really divided and I think I'm still spinning from that division. So when you say things like passion, passion path now, I'm in serious doubts. I'm in serious doubts of things that are, I, I guess I'm saying I'm very confused, very, very confused. And I don't know what to do about it right now. Well, for some reason, I'm wanting to say congratulations and with compassion about the struggle. But to to me, well, it it looks like this is productive confusion and you described it actually really well. So the movement from, and actually this is cool to talk about Passion Path because it very much fits with claiming self-authority. There are two hallmarks to a mature individual. Finding your soulmate and finding your passion path. That's the work that you would do if you didn't have to work. Those are the two hallmarks. And you earn those by being you. But we're not conditioned to be us. So generally, we don't get those things right off the bat. You have to deconstruct your way to a passion path and a soulmate. Not always, but usually. So when you're moving from either a romantic relationship that isn't your truest or a work domain that isn't your truest expression of you, well, that ain't easy, predictably, because that's a serious thing to deconstruct. Those are pretty much the biggest life structures we have. How we spend our waking hours 
at work, half of our waking hours, and the other half of our waking hours were typically with our mate. That's all the hours, <laughs> you know? So those are big life structures. So when you start to question them, it's really confusing and painful, can be. But that's the way. That's the way. So the it's important to know that discovering your passion path is not like, you know, filling out some questionnaire that your 12th grade guidance counselor gives you. And then you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be a veterinarian. Got it. That's that would be great. That's how the will-based, mind-based strategic world does it. Well, let's take a look at your aptitudes and your interests and see what kind of job you should have and let's see what's available. It's all ego-based. It's not a soulful self-expression. I mean, it's quite stunning in a way that guidance counselors don't ask the question, what would you do if you didn't have to work? I don't know. I've never heard of anybody doing that. That's a question that gets to the soul, uh, the, the passion path, the soul level work. So discovering your passion path I mean, it can be, and for most people, I think it is an arduous journey that involves facing fear. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.